the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good morning. It's our third and final hour together today on this Thursday, January 25, 2024. Glad you are here. As I envisioned, our first two hours have been uh, consumed by mostly two dominating things. What to do about the Nikki problem, how to navigate that in order to take whatever, however many Nikki voters there are and make sure that we don't hack them off and send them off in such a huff that they never come back to help us save the country, while still making it clear that they are delusional. How do you- How do you navigate that? And the way in which Governor Greg Abbott has masterfully navigated the war waged on us by the Biden White House, saying, uh, hey, guys, you can ignore the border all you want. The rogue Supreme Court can say you can come snip our wire. Well, hold my beer, because here comes more wire. Here comes Texas standing up for our constitutional right to protect ourselves against an invasion. Multiple governors are lining up in favor of it. Multiple libs are not. There's a Beto tweet. I don't usually bore you with Beto tweets. Invoking the late 50s and Governor Orville Faubus in Arkansas and, uh, you know, Eisenhower mobilized the National Guard. Yeah, that's because that governor was breaking the law. He was flouting the law not flaunting, flouting the law. It is the president doing the flouting, quite the floutist. He's the Ian Anderson of presidents. Jethro Tull reference. Uh, And uh, the, the lawbreaker is Biden here. And it is Governor Abbott who is on the right side of the law. So we just had Congressman Roger Williams on about his STOP Act which would uh, enable, which would stand up for Texas' right to build physical barriers and then have the federal government reimburse us for them. And by the way, I did uh, read the bill. I thought it would be a good idea to read the bill, so I did. And it is, it's very specific. It is about getting reimbursement from the feds for physical barriers that we erect. We're in Pottsboro. Bill, Mark Davis, welcome, sir. How are you? Well, I'm great. I'm glad you read the bill because the, my, my comment on this is it scares the tar out of me, the STOP Act, because what will happen is Joe Biden will divert the money to all the sanctuary cities where all of his buddies live and, and they, end up with, they end up with a billion dollars, billions and billions of dollars because we keep shipping things over there. Gotcha. So I'm glad it's about building barriers. Yeah, good, good clarity, good question. And, Bill, thank you. Now, we took the first call we took after having Congressman Williams on was somebody who said, hey, uh, could this get a little? ill-defined. Could Kansas, for example, all of a sudden start presenting a bill to the federal government for the the cost they are incurring as a result of illegal immigration? And my first thought was, I'll be honest with you, wouldn't bother me if they did. The STOP Act uh, from Congressman Williams is very specific about getting reimbursement from the federal government for physical barriers that Texas builds to protect ourselves. 
I wouldn't mind in the least going an additional mile and letting states who have incurred countless costs from waves of illegal immigrations, billing, uh, Ill, 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 immigration, presenting bills to the feds for that as well. Um, obviously, the far and, and by the way, this isn't so that taxpayers in Indiana can spend the rest of their lives, uh, you know, paying the bills for other states. And about the sanctuary cities thing, if a if a state becomes a sanctuary state, if a city becomes a sanctuary city, it is they who are deviating from the law, getting a reimbursement for the cost of being a sanctuary city really wouldn't fly anyway, because what Texas is doing is to enforce the law, while what sanctuary cities do is violate the law. 866-660-5759. Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, We are in Dallas. Robert, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm doing amazing. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Well, hey, I uh, just wanted to make a comment. Nikki Haley called uh, or rather stated that chaos follows Trump everywhere he goes, which I get it. I see where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. But I think we can turn that on her uh, and make it sound like the deplorables comment that uh, Hillary Clinton did in 2016. Because really, what follows Trump everywhere? We do. We the people. We follow him. That's that's the chaos. It's chaos for them, for the elites and the globalists. And so I came up with a little acronym, and I'll let you go. Oh, Lord. Okay, here here comes some attempted cleverness. Let's see. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So chaos stands for continuously hailed as overwhelmingly superior. Yes! (laughs) We have a winner. <laughs> well, maybe you and my uh, my two followers on Twitter will share it. And that it is great. Okay. Everybody. Oh no, no. Can I tell you what? Hold on. Let me. Uh, maybe this is for the Patriot Mobile text line. The 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 chaos, chaos, chaos. Chase Haley and others southward. Yours is better. I'm working on the fly here. The idea being southward to South Carolina, where a fate awaits them, where maybe they'll see the writing on the wall. What would if chaos awaits us? What would be the chaos acronym that works? Okay, let's. I, I may regret doing this. Not on the phone's text line, 866-660-5759. But you got through on the phone with your acronym, and I appreciate it. All right, that's where we are, 913. Here's where we are with this whole story. Here is Jason Allen. Last night, Channel 11 led with it, as every station should have. Right, but the court and the ongoing lawsuit didn't say anything about Texas not putting up more wires. So that is what Texas National Guard troops were doing today with the governor not backing down. Razor wire defense lines were reinforced Wednesday in Eagle Pass with the federal government still not sure exactly which areas along the border Texas will let federal agents access and the Texas governor not giving an inch. In a letter posted on X, Greg Abbott cited founding fathers James Madison and Alexander Hamilton not leaving states to the mercy of outside threats. Because the federal government had failed to follow its constitutional duty to, quote, protect each state against invasion, Abbott wrote, it triggers the line acknowledging the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. That authority, Abbott wrote, supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. I love the little keyboard sounds. (laughs) This This is all good. It's all good, man. The Biden administration went to the Supreme Court to say they want to make sure that Texas cannot keep their border secure. That is Senator Rick Scott of Florida. Republican lawmakers in Washington expressed frustration Wednesday over any deal on a bill that might clear things up. 
Next move in this standoff could come by Friday. That is when Homeland Security wants to know, Doug and Nicole, what areas Texas is going to let them access mm. along the border there. I just, I, I, just love, I just love the phraseology. What areas we're going to let them access. Hey, guys, access this. There's the hashtag of the day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Um, and, and and the governor is on a roll. And governors like him are on a roll. And I don't even mean Republican governors, even though those are the only ones that will. I mean governors who actually think we ought to have a border. Because there is Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. There is Christine Ohm in South Dakota. There is Brian Kemp in Georgia. There is Ron DeSantis in Florida saying, I stand with Abbott. There is Speaker Mike Johnson in the House saying, I stand with Abbott. That should be the question of today and tomorrow and into the days to come. Do you stand with Greg Abbott? And again, it's not about it's not about him. It's about his singular. I mean, it is about him. But here's what I mean. By standing with Abbott, what it says is that a state has a right to defend itself against the slings and arrows of willfully open borders from a lawless White House. That is what standing with Abbott means. So they're the T-shirts that need to be made, the hashtags, I stand with Abbott, and maybe access this. And you'll have to explain to people <laughs> what, what that means. Well, uh, it, it, it will be interesting. I mean, Friday's, oh, oh boy. And uh, Homeland Security wants to know, are they going to send Mayorkas down here to shop for areas where the feds, excuse me, can, can we come in with, with, with our, our, our pinking shears? And, and cut down some of the razor wire. Can we do that, please? Take a hike. 917. All right, tell you what, let's do. Let's pause. Got a couple of other things on this and on other things. 866-660-5759. On other issues, um, let me see, let me see. We've got, uh, there's a big count of the homeless in some cities tonight. I think counting the homeless is a great idea. Helping them is an even better idea, which we don't seem to have the guts to do. There was an amazing back and forth uh, between Fox White House correspondent Peter Ducey, the best reporter working today. He had a back and forth with cringe Jean-Pierre. And and then with John Kirby, who's a pretty good dude. I mean, he's got his own military record. He's in an unenviable position being the national security spokesvoice for the Biden administration. Who wants that gig? Anyway, though, um, just a couple of pieces of audio of Ducey versus uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre and, uh, and, and, and John Kirby. Just uh, he asks them actual questions and the answers are they're 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 just they're wild. So let's let's listen to them together, shall we? As I uh, take pleasure in listening to you at 866-660-5759. Mark Davis, 660 AM, the answer. You know I had to do it. Follow it, follow it. This, of course, is a theme from Get Smart, Maxwell Smart. Would you believe the great Don Adams and Barbara Feldon is 99. I, I continue to believe that it was the job of television to drive young boys pants crazy. Look what they gave us. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery is Samantha and she's a witch. And oh, my gosh. And don't even get me started on Barbara Eden and I Dream of Jeannie. Anyway, though, uh, who are the bad guys? 
in uh, Get Smart. Who was he always up against? The international, uh, what, what do they call them? They were the international organization of evil called, K- was chaos an acronym? I don't think so. Anyway, it was K-A-O-S. So, well, there you go. <laughs> and all this information is free. <laughs> we are in Macon, GA. This is cool. Hey, thanks, Internet. Jay, how are you, sir? Yes, thanks to iHeartRadio. Look at there. Ain't that cool? I love it. Yeah. Listen, uh, the uh, the razor wire that's being put out is property of the state of Texas. Yes. I had a neighbor who got arrested for cutting the fence on some state property so he could take his four-wheeler in to go hunting. Yes. And he got charged with destruction of state property, ah. and he got uh, sentenced and a fine. Dang. So every Border Patrol officer is yeah. breaking the law yeah. when they do that. You had a guest on this morning that said that yeah. any lawful order. That's right. So if they're informed, okay, if you cut the wire, yep. you're breaking the law, <laughs> we will arrest you. So if we don't get you for flagrant violations of basic constitutional precepts, we'll get you for destroying our property. One way, one way or the other. One way or the other. That's it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it very, very much. Yeah. it's uh, Oh, this is it's just this is just going to be a mess. So what does happen now? Because it, it is uh, isn't that part of our exercise every day. What happens next? What happens next in Trump versus Haley? She continues to dig in her, her uh, fashionable high heels. He will continue to uh, just savage her for not getting out of the way. We'll see how that works out for everybody. There is ample concern that uh, the sharp elbows of Trump directed toward Nikki Haley, who does happen to be a woman, uh, will somehow, and I'm so weary of this, will drive away suburban moms. You know, I, I, I visit a lot of suburbs. And I know a lot of moms and and dads and everybody. This notion, what what is it about the stereotype of the suburban mom as some squish, uh, centrist, not really? And by the way, I mean Republicans. I mean, there are liberal moms in the suburbs. Depends where the suburbs are. Fewer of them, which is what makes the suburbs so desirable. Anyway, though, if you gather me a, a hundred women. From Frisco, Plano, McKinney, Anna, Weatherford, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I will find a diversity of opinion. I will find moms who would walk through fire to reelect Trump. Might find the occasional mom who would vote for Biden. Might find the occasional mom who actually thinks the Nikki Haley thing is useful and likes her and wants her to be president. Fine. But the notion that suburban motherhood is defined by insufficient conservatism, it depends on the mom. And so this is being offered up as a phony scenario, as a scare tactic of, ooh, we can't be too conservative here. We can't be too pro-life. We can't be too bold because it'll scare off, it'll scare off the women folk. Well, I know a lot of men. I know a lot of women. They uh, can be found across the entire political spectrum. I know a lot of women who are steadfast conservatives. Maybe for some, Trump wasn't their first choice. He will be now, because they're also not stupid. 
They also, and I'm talking about conservative women now. If you're a squish, if you're a moderate, so much so that that you're, you'd consider voting for Biden, okay, that's on you. If if this nightmare is okay with you, that's about you. Fine, we can talk about that. But if you profess to a slightest strand of conservative DNA, you will have one choice. That choice is Donald Trump. Deal. 9.30. Nikki's in the newsroom. I need to do something. We're about to hop back to your calls and some more of the things I have for you in our remaining 20-some minutes together. But things have been sufficiently busy here in the broadcast. And that's a good thing. Got a lot to cover. Boy, do we. That there was something I was going to do yesterday, because I believe this gentleman passed on Tuesday, and it just takes a minute, and if I don't do it, I'm going to be really upset with myself, <laughs> because I want you to have an appreciation. If I want to do something to give voice to an appreciation you already have, or if you don't, I want to give you one. People ask me a lot uh, about my broadcast heroes. And the short answer is I really don't have many. I mean, there are people who I've admired enormously whose careers were heroic, you know, alongside my path through life, obviously Rush, but I was doing this for six years, <laughs> for seven years before Rush came along. Uh, so, as but a, and not so much in talk radio necessarily, because I kind of, you know, carved my way into this and just did what I wanted to do. It's worked out very well. Thank you very much. 30 years in DFW March. Oh, by the way, congrats to the ticket. 30th anniversary to that fine radio station yesterday. It was January 24th that all y'all started listening to a very different type of sports radio. It ain't about the sports. It's about that air staff and their ability to have compelling people relate to the audience and respect the audience. Oh, what a, what a concept. So congrats to them. About nine weeks later, this guy shows up. My first day at BAP was March 28th. Uh, and so been quite the 30 years. We'll talk more about that as it draws near. But as far as people who have worked their way through broadcasting, worked their way through radio, now this is a very old school reference, but it was a very old school guy. The great Charles Osgood passed away this week at the age of 91. And for, he was in there with the Murrows and the Cronkites doing radio coverage before there was before there was TV, before there was anything like TV news. But then he drifted so graciously and effortlessly and mellifluously, that wonderful voice of his, into the world of TV. And eventually, after Charles Kuralt hung up the microphone there at CBS Sunday Morning, the somewhat calmer, less politically annoying Sunday morning show, Charles Kuralt did that, excuse me, Charles Osgood did that for just years. He, he wrapped that up, I think, about five years ago. And uh, I've got a moment I want to play for you from that because it was his farewell to CBS Sunday morning. He is now bad farewell to this life. And uh, there's quite the conversation in heaven going on among some of the old radio masters. And even as he undertook TV, Charles Osgood would always say, I'll see you on the radio. And he continued something called the Osgood file, which were just interesting things, a la Paul Harvey, but in a kind of a different, shorter vein uh, but it was, I believe, they absolutely belong to be spoken of, the deserve, they belong spoken of in the same breath. The great Charles Osgood passed away this week at 91. 
in 2016. Uh, and this, he was he was incredibly brilliant. Loved America. Loved his craft. Loved the language. Loved music. A couple of episodes on CBS Sunday Morning. You sit down, knock out a couple of tunes at the piano. So it was only fitting that there was a little bit of a musical moment to his farewell on CBS Sunday Morning in 2016. Some of you may have heard rumors lately that I won't be hosting these Sunday morning broadcasts very much longer. Well, I'm here to tell you that the rumors are true. For years now, people, even friends and family, have been asking me why I keep doing this, considering my age. I am pushing 84. It's just that it's been such a joy doing it. Who wouldn't want to be the one who gets to introduce these terrific storytellers and the producers and writers and others who put this wonderful show together. I want to thank all of them and all of you, our still growing audience, for all of your support and encouragement. It's been a great run, but after nearly 50 years at CBS, including the last 22 years here at Sunday morning, the time has come. And the date is set for me to do my farewell Sunday morning. It's September the 25th, after which you can still see me on the radio the Osgood file continues. Between now and my last Sunday morning, I've got to practice singing that old Weaver's song. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. Been a long time since I've been home, and I've got to be drifting along. Uh, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I've watched that 20 times in just the last few days. The great, the great Charles Osgood. I'm sure so many of the Osgood files and things he's done, just YouTube him and see what it means to be a broadcaster. All right. 866-660-5759. We're in Murphy, Texas. Sam, Mark Davis. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine this morning, Mark. Hey, how are you? Good. Wonderfully. Thank you. Um, Got a suggestion here. Let's let's go ahead and let the feds come into Texas. They can have the border as long as it's the Red River. <laughs> Which border do you want? Oh, oh right. all right. Are they going to have a border? That's let it. them have the Red River. Well, everybody talks about the northern border. Usually, they're talking about America's northern border. <laughs> Maybe ours needs some attention too, especially especially each fall. Oh man, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know we. If there is one thing, uh, and I I mean this with complete seriousness, there is so much that is jacked up. You know, the, the America at war with our state on protecting ourselves. We got a, a country we're trying to save here. Hope we succeed, and just all manner of brush fires to put out, and crazy folks who don't know how many genders there are and think it's okay to show porn to a fourth grader uh, based on on some political ideology. Just blah, 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 blah. there, there are two things. There are two things we need. There's fifty things we need. The you know what top two might be. I know what the top one is. Maybe it's one and one A. First is God. And the other one's a sense of humor. Just to stay sane. Just to uh, good humor and goodwill. All this. And, and by that kind of informs my thought moving forward about how, how to handle the Nicky heads. They'll, most of them will come around. You know what? At, at, there was a Wall Street Journal piece that, uh, you know, Trump is winning big. 
He's winning big in Iowa, winning big in New Hampshire. But uh, problems could lie ahead if he's if he is not able to lure the Nikki Haley voters, to lure the centrists, lure the rhinos, lure the um, the, the the center right, the more moderate folks. It's his job to lure them. Got an idea. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's the public's job. Maybe it's the voter's job to realize there he is. This is what primaries are for. Primaries are over. If you wanted Nikki Haley, more of you should have voted for her. If you wanted Chris Christie, more of you should have voted for him. If you wanted anybody else, they've always been there. Now, and obviously, you said they, well, we only had a couple of men, but here's the thing. When, or maybe you should have made them bigger in poll numbers leading up. And I know, Mark, you're the guy who said, well, polls shouldn't dictate uh, you know, all of reality. I understand. But there, in, in that debate stage chapter that we went through, there simply was not sufficient interest expressed by people. And we, we can kind of see this. There was not sufficient interest expressed in people to justify a competitive Iowa or a competitive New Hampshire. Nikki Haley deserves to be congratulated. What have I said for a year? At some point, there's only going to be two people left. One of them will be named Trump and the other one won't. I probably said that 30 times. Well, the other one's not named Trump. She's named Nikki Haley. She's the last woman standing. Isn't it wild that the last man standing is a woman? Good for her. However, (laughs) here we are. Here. We are. It is time. And there is no evidence that Nikki Haley or anybody else is waiting in the wings with a whole lot of support that can rival what Trump has. So if the fact, fact that Trump's indelible stamp is on today's Republican Party, if that is grating to you, fine, marinate in that a little while, then pull your head out, get over yourself, and vote for him. Because not doing so is a vote for Biden. To fail to achieve the kind of clarity that I am describing makes you AOC, makes you Nancy Pelosi, makes you Chuck Schumer, makes you CNN, makes you MSNBC. You are them or you are us, which is probably a grammatical nightmare, but follow me here. It is a time for decision. It will be a time for clarity. It will be a binary choice. Um, I said there were some remarkable moments with, with Peter Ducey, first with cringe Jean-Pierre, and then with John Kirby, who is a far better uh, press uh, voice than she will ever be. But it, it, it's a couple of things, so let's examine them. Uh, they are Ducey moments, and there's a Ducey moment. <laughs> it's a Ducey uh, just about every day. Uh, first, and by the way, uh, even though he works for a conservative network, and she is a radical liberal working for a radical leftist White House, there is conviviality in the press room. There is at least the veneer of, uh, of, of banter. And it starts out this way, but it doesn't last long. Where have you been? Uh, just preparing for this moment. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to disappoint you really badly. You've been preparing all this time for this moment. It's not going to be that exciting. I'm well, pretty sure. let's see. Turns out pretty exciting. Uh, Corrine, why do you think it is that more and more people polled feel like over time, President Biden is getting less and less mentally sharp? Which poll is this? ABC uh, has President Biden's rating for health since May down five points and for mental sharpness down four points. 
You know, I have to say that's a little confusing for me because if you look at what this president has done the last three years, historical pieces of legislation, right? When it comes to bipartisan infrastructure deal, many presidents before, like your favorite president, had and the rodeo's on. Said that who's my favorite president? <laughs> Why don't you, why don't we let the American people guess, but no, had no, said, no. Well, no, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You asked me a question. I'm going to, no, 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 no. Let me, at. let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And you'll, you'll guess who I'm talking about. Wow. Your favorite president <laughs> may or may not be, but, uh, wow. All right. Now, I mean, listen, that's just, you know, uh, the inept leftist uh, press secretary. We've got an inept leftist White House. Uh, people, you know, climb on her all the time. I, she is probably a superb reflection of the White House and president she serves. Uh, ill-suited to the job and uh, wildly liberal. What What do you You think you're going to get Tony Snow out of this White House? Think you're going to get Kaylee McEnany out of this White House? New. No. Anyway, uh, so here's a doocy moment number two. Uh, and this was John Kirby, who's a good dude, military service for him, and he just has the unenvi- He just has an unenviable task, and has a rough moment in that task yesterday. Why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? I believe we are. Why do you think we are? <laughs> Why do you think we are? Well, you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So that the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs. But keep going. Wow. You won in court. So now what? Yeah. Yeah. The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access. And that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire. Needed access to do what? To rubber stamp, to be a travel agency. So all these illegals wanted by the Biden White House can easily get into America's interior. That they could do their jobs. We want to help them do their jobs. We want to give them more resources. And the answer we kept get, keep, keep getting back from House Republicans is no, no, no. Oh, my dear, sweet Lord. Yeah, that's what you got. You know, we've got end of the show to take a look at. Let's do it in style next. It is Etta James' birthday, kids. Born this date, 1938. Passed away back in 2012. Born James Etta Hawkins in Los Angeles. A lot of people think that maybe she established this career of jazz and blues and standards and then recorded at last as kind of a coda to a lengthy career. Nope. And here we are. This was her first album in 1960. Oh. Let's let her take us out. For you are mine. At last. For producer Rodney K. Moreland, technical guru skills from Mr. Matt. Thank you, Nikki, for news excellence. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Mike Gallagher is next. What's going to happen today? I don't know, but we'll talk about it tomorrow right here on 660 AM The Answer. I'm Mark Davis. Be good.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.